0: Welcome to the Hellraiser Podcast Hello there, welcome to episode 42 of the Hellraiser Podcast I'm Peter and with me again is Phil Hello Hello there, Hello. it's us, we're back We're back Hello Apologies that we've been away for a bit um, But we've been very busy over the last year or so um, As you know we were involved with the London Horror Festival Doing a play by Nicholas Vince. And we took over the running of the Horror Festival for last year, for the Festival 2014. Yeah. And it turned out to be pretty much a full-time job that we did as well as our actual full-time jobs. Yeah. So we had no (laughs) free time at all. Yes. And also, I've got a small baby who just turned one, which takes up all my other free time, which I have zero. Yes. But we found some time to do this. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Yeah. So apologies if you have been waiting for this podcast, but it's here. It's here now. If you're in the future listening to these all in one go, this won't make any difference to you because you've just come straight from 41 to 42. So Mm. for you... Lucky. Lucky you. (laughs) Everyone else, we're off. We're off. Apologies also because um, we both have colds. Yeah, that's true. Which is great timing. We've come back to do our special... Reunion podcast and we're both sick So if we sound all stuffy and sneezy and snotty That's because we are (laughs) Hooray Wow So today we're going to be talking about Nightbreed again Nightbreed I didn't realise we were talking about Nightbreed so much on the podcast But it's been a hell of a couple of years (laughs) for the world of Nightbreed Absolutely So today we're going to be talking about the newly released Well kind of newly released Last October it came out, October 2014 That's new That is new Nightbreed, the director's cut. You've put us all in danger for your love of this woman. Decker won't tell anyone. He can still lead our enemies here. If he does, and Midian is unearthed, you are responsible. I'll make amends. Just take the girl, then go on your way amongst the Naturals. That is the law. Who made this law? Made, made, Midian. So, a quick recap for those who haven't been following it: Nightbreed came out originally in 1990. Uh-huh. The cut that came out was heavily influenced by the studio. Clive Barker's original version was told to be—he was told to trim it down and down and down. So, it ended up from a two and a half hour piece that he originally wanted to be released to an hour and a half long. Yeah. So <laughs> he. Uh, So he has said that the studio got involved and made a lot of changes that he didn't really like, and it came out kind of sunk without a trace because they didn't really advertise it, and it was a shame. And everyone who saw it really enjoyed it, but it didn't get as much of a release as it should have got at the time. Yes. So fast forward to a few years ago, they discovered a work print version on VHS. What? (laughs) Yeah. And they took all the bits that were cut out of the original film, they put them back in, and made what was called the Cabal Cut which was the new version of the film, but the new sections were from the VHS work print. Yes. Which we were very lucky to see mm. at the Film for Fright Fest, um, Leicester Square. Yeah. And we were very excited and was happy great. to see that. Yeah, it was very good. And now it seems that they've found the film footage. So not only have they released it, they've actually found the film footage and put it back into the film, the actual proper film footage. So it's not video quality anymore. It's, it's an actual movie. So, yeah, so they didn't need to go through all that with the tapes. Well, they didn't, but they didn't know that. (laughs) If they hadn't done that, it wouldn't have got to where it is now, though. Good. I'm glad it happened. I'm very glad it happened. So now we have it. It's come out finally. It's on Blu-ray in America. We've not got it here yet. Hopefully we will. No, not in the UK. No. And it's out on Netflix in America, not in the UK. (laughs) Not in the UK. So can we have it over here, please? That would be lovely. Thank you. But Phil and I have managed to watch it cool. through some sources from the American Netflix site. Mm-hmm. So I haven't got the Blu-ray yet. I do want to get it because it's got lots of special features, apparently, and I would love to sit and watch those. Mm. But we haven't watched those yet. so We haven't watched those. We can't review... No, we can't review the, the, d- the Blu-ray, but we can review the actual film. Mm. And so we're going to do that now. Go. Right, uh, first of all, a spoiler-free review. Oh. What did you think of the new version, Phil? I liked it. Yeah, me too. But it's a bit hard for us because we actually saw the Cabal cut, so it's not like we just <laughs> went from the original version to this one. If I'd have gone from the original version to this
1: one, I think it would have blown my mind. Yeah, no, I agree. It would have knocked my socks off. Yeah. Um, But now having Cabal as well has been interesting because it, this version it didn't necessarily make me go, oh, wow, you know, this is the best, 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 best version of the film. But I
0: loved it all the same. Mm. I think I agree with you. It's much, much better than the original theatrical version. Oh, God, yeah. And it's much more enjoyable to watch, and it's really good, and I really like it, and I'll watch it many more times. And I will get the Blu-ray when it comes out over here. Yes. But I've got to say, after having seen the Cabal cut... There were, some, there were some things in the Cabal Cut, which we'll talk about later, because this is the spoiler-free bit, that weren't in this version that I really liked. Mm. And we'll come to those in a minute. So, in fact, for me, I actually spoiled my enjoyment of this version by <laughs> seeing the
1: Cabal Cut. Um, but it's really fascinating to see yeah, what they've put in, yeah. what they've taken out, um, what Clive's put in and taken out.
0: Yes, that's the other thing. Apparently, the when they came to edit this version together, the director's cut together... Clive Barker was there, sat down with the editors and went through it bit by bit and said, take this bit out, put that back in. You know, don't need that line. Take this line out here. And he he actually
1: oversaw <laughs> it. Just describing the editing process. There. That's
0: what an editor does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is Clive's actual vision, which is yeah. brilliant. Amazing. And the Cabal Cut wasn't. The Cabal was was done by uh, Mark Miller and Russell Cherrington, who just put it all together and said, let's get this out there and get some... Momentum build-up. So this version is Clive's actual signed-off. And it is...
1: I can certainly say, whatever this means to you, it's more Clive Barker than ever before.
0: I agree. (laughs) I really do, yeah. We both were saying that we just watched it again just now, and we both said that during the film.
1: The feel of it is really true, I think,
0: to what Clive Barker does Mm. in his work. Yeah, I completely agree. It's great. It's very Clive Barker. It's wonderful. And it's insane it, it makes a lot more <laughs> sense than the original version We've said this on the Cabal Cut podcast But it's really true We're going to go through why now Because when we, when we came out of the Cabal Cut We kind of, it was a bit of a assault on our senses And we couldn't really remember what had happened But we, know that <laughs> we knew that we really enjoyed it Whereas now, we've sat down And we've actually studied the two different versions And we can talk about the proper little bits and pieces That were added and taken out Bits and bobs Bits and bobs so now that's the spoiler free section over. So if you haven't seen it yet, then don't listen to the rest of this podcast. No. And pause if you it. haven't seen it yet, then this is the version to watch. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. If you've never seen Nightbreed before. Yeah. Yeah. Get, watch the director's cut. This is it. If you have seen Nightbreed and haven't seen this version yet, pause this. while well, go and watch it right now. It's mm. really good. Yeah. So let's do it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or we can just talk about Nightbreed. Okay. So? Let's, let's just talk about Nightbreed. Okay. It's true. Everything's true. God's an astronaut. Ours is over the rainbow. The Midian's where the monsters live. So let's talk through the changes that are very similar to the Cabal Cup. It's pretty much the same as the Cabal Cup, with some slight differences, mm-hmm. which we'll go through now. So the beginning is very different. The whole yeah. first sort of half hour or so... Yep. There's a lot more emphasis on Laurie and Boone. It's much more of a love story between the two of them. It's mu- there's much more of Laurie in it. Yes. Which is great. It becomes a story about Laurie and Boone. Yes. Um, it makes
1: more sense of Boone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't come off as a kind of
0: insane, moody, no weirdo as much. <laughs> no. And we can explain what we mean by that. In the original version, the very beginning it opens with the scene of Boone and Laurie and talking about dr decker and how he doesn't think he needs to go anymore and she's like maybe she and see him and he's like mm, i don't know if i should and then all of a sudden he's in decker's office and it's like he's chosen to gone he's chosen to go and see him but boone's acting a bit weird and huffy and he's being odd and it's, it's well, like, he's acting
1: like he was called to his office rather than he chose to go
0: yeah and it's like well, if you went there why are you being such a prick about it but he's acting like that because <laughs> as we know now if the director's cut there's a scene at the beginning where Decker calls him up and says you've got to come and see me and he's like well, I don't really want to and he said no you have to come and see me and he go well I'm going out alright see me tomorrow and so he forces him to go basically and that's why Boone's being weird when he goes to see him yes and also at the end of that scene with the phone call when he says come and see me there's a, there's a shot of Decker staring into his briefcase looking weird and immediately from the beginning, you think, "Hang on, this guy's a bit odd." Well,
1: yeah, and, and there is a sort of a good and bad point around this, I think, because in the other version, there was a little bit of, "Oh, is Decker the murderer?" You know, he's he's what he, it was a bit more mysterious what was going on. Mm. It, that Boone seemed a bit more unhinged and possibly like he would kill people, yeah. And Decker seemed kind of a bit more reasonable, whereas this version. I think it's very, very clear that Boone's been completely manipulated and Mm -hmm. he's an innocent guy and Decker is crazy yeah, from the start.
0: absolutely. No, I agree. And that's... It depends on your taste. But, I mean, it's much clearer what's happening and I really like that. Well, originally, the theatrical version, you weren't sure what to make of Boone. And uh, as we said on our original Nightbury podcast, you're not sure if you like him or not. Yes. Because he's just this... Strange man acting weirdly. Whereas now, because it's clear he's being manipulated, you do feel much more sympathy towards him. Yes, which is perfect. Which is just what it needs. Yeah, and although the
1: story of the movie is quite simple, it does go back and forth quite a lot through different things. So I think clarity of what's going on is is crucial. Mm. You know, so for me it works. Yeah, to kind of really set the scene and go, this guy is manipulating this guy.
0: Mm-hmm. He wants to frame him for yeah. his murders it just it completely changes the the story really, mm. how you feel about Boone and even more so just after this, when he's been told to take the pills and he takes the pills that he thinks are lithium but are actually hallucinogens, there's a scene that's been put back into this director's cut, where he goes home, he burns all his stuff and he sees a weird vision of himself having sex with Laurie yeah, which we didn't get originally, at no, all no, no of course, we don't, first time you watch it, you don't know that he's hallucinating. I mean, he's hallucinating that image, but you don't know that he's on hallucinogens. Yes. So he is still acting a bit weird <coughs> as far as you're concerned as an audience first time you watch it. Yes. But the second time it makes perfect sense. Yes. And although I've got to say that scene is a bit weird when they're having sex, but they've got their underwear on and he's got big pants on <laughs> Um, yeah it, Yeah I mean it would be nicer <laughs> If they were naked Obviously they probably Couldn't have done that And the MPAA But Yeah It's just a bit strange It certainly gets across To the point that he's Hallucinating well, Yeah <laughs> Yeah I agree <laughs> But it would have been nice If they were naked fam. Well that's, that's your what I'm saying. Answer to everything <laughs> um, And then There's a scene That was cut out Of Laurie Performing Singing a song In a club Ooh. Just to see What he- Boone turns up, ripped off his tits on <laughs> LSD. And he sort of moses around for a bit and then he just leaves because he can't hack it. Yeah. And then she sees him leave. It's like he's having a bad Saturday night, doesn't he? Really? He's, he's having a very bad Saturday kind of of like goes to the club. It's yeah. loud. It's too loud. It he's like taking the, the wrong singing. kind of pill. He's, nah, he's going home. He's not having it. So he goes, he wanders off. She thinks he's gone back to her place because what they arranged. And she goes off to find him. And that's where the original version picks up. There's one scene we've we've missed, which i just want to go back and talk about now. Is near the beginning, before he goes to see Decker. There's a scene of him at work. He works in like an auto repair shop, and she turns up, and they have a nice little love moment where she says, "You know, I'm going to rehearse. Come and see me at the club, and then we'll go back to mine and have a nice little kiss." And it's very, they're just a couple in love.
1: Yes, it, yeah, it really helps to set up. I mean, what what happens later in the in the film where um, you know, they transcend death for each other you know they make some yeah. quite big decisions to, to, yeah. to find each other and, and be together that's true yeah and I mean, that really sets
0: this up even without the new ending which we'll obviously talk about when we get there the whole you know she doesn't want to leave him he does he leaves the night breed because of her none of that love stuff I, d- I didn't get that across in the original version at all because mm. you don't see enough of them together there's that one scene at the very beginning where they're in bed together and that's it. Then yeah. it cuts to him going to Decker. Then it cuts to her arriving home. And that's it. Yes. So it, you miss too much. It doesn't make sense to me. So that's nice. Yeah. So now we cut to... Uh, there's the scene where he stumbles in front of a truck. Yeah. Um, and there's actually little tiny moments that are different here as well. In the original version, the little flashes that come to him just before he gets hit by the truck... Are just flashes of the murder photos he was shown by Decker, whereas now there's a little shot, there's a shot of Shuna and the shots of the gates of Midian, and they've really tied in the whole Midian thing with the murders as well. That's what's going through his head at that moment. Yes, which makes more sense anyway, Mm -hmm. because that's all that's going on in his head.
1: Um, Yeah, and as we mentioned before on our other podcast. He's having dreams about Midian at mm-hmm. this point and the monsters, but he is an, a normal human.
0: Yeah, he is a, a natural person at the moment. Um, yeah, natural, naturalist, which call actually it. doesn't really make a lot of sense. But maybe it's because of the prophecy. They mention this prophecy about this person that will come, and man in a white t-shirt. <laughs> and maybe that's that's why. Maybe he's having the dreams because it's, it is a proper you know prophecy.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting point because. You know, the, the yeah, the logic of the film is that he's he is the chosen one. He he was prophesized to come and uh destroy Midian and rebuild it to save the nightbreed. Mm-hmm. Um but the way that the film happens is he's not a night breed until he's bitten by but liquid.
0: that's also part of the prophecy. If you look at the pictures on the wall, yeah, him yeah. being bitten is yeah. part of the prophecy. So the prophecy did involve a natural person coming to Midian, getting bitten and then destroying it. Makes sense when you put it like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good, I'm glad we cleared that out. There you go. Good. So now we get to the hospital. Um, There's one change, an audio change here. Originally when Narcisse starts ripping his face off, there's a loud woman screaming, and that's what brings the police rushing in to to find him. Um, Didn't really make a lot of sense, because there aren't really any women there. There's a nurse that comes rushing in, but just afterwards. So they've now just replaced that with sounds of Narcisse... Ripping himself to pieces. Uh, 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 And that's what brings them running in. Yep. That's a very subtle change. But it's one that does make sense. Yep. So, as you can see, like we said earlier on, this is properly Clive going through and fixing little mistakes here and there. Yes. I don't think there's a lot more new until we get into Midian itself. Mm -hmm. So we arrive there and Pelequin grabs him, bites him. Yep. And Kinski allows him to escape. Um, There's a slight difference with the, the shot of the... Warthog-toothed person banging on the wall underneath the ground. <laughs> the drumming monster. The drumming in the, in monster. Under the ground, yeah. yeah. yeah um, with yeah. tusks. Tusks. Good word. Yeah. So, we now have different shot of the tusk person. Uh-huh. And there's another slight audio change as well. When Boone gets shot, a bit that always bothered me, actually, in the original version. When Decker says he's got a gun, there was a gunshot noise... But nothing happened. So he says, he's "Got a gun." Then, as Decker's still next to him, there's a gunshot. Boone doesn't react to it. Then it cuts to them all shooting at Boone. Whereas now, in this director's cut, that first gunshot's gone. So Decker says he's got a gun. Then it actually changes to him being shot, which makes far more sense. And it makes more sense if you watch it than what I just said. You know how I described that. So it yeah. might have made it
1: more sound more. Yes, I think it's quite a slight thing in the in the original.
0: Mm. Um, and you probably wouldn't be spotted by most people. No. Uh, but yeah, bothered, I it bothered it. you. <laughs> it did bother me. And I do, I sometimes, I get some freelance work as an editor, and so that does, things like that do stick out. That's how you know what it, how to edit. Oh. You just put but in, take, this out, take put that this in. out and put that in. It's true, that's all I you knew. do. there was a reason. <laughs> now that's what the director does. The editor's the one who actually, you know, clicks the buttons. The director's there going... Put that in. Take that out. No, I don't understand. Change that word. I'm no editor. And <laughs> um, so then we get so then Boone gets resurrected by his wound. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> and uh, escapes out the window. And there's some another little bit of extra stuff here with Laurie and the policeman coming in and seeing the fact he's gone just mm. after he's gone. And then there's a there's a nice little moment of Laurie at home. She's packing and she's very sad. She's upset. She looks out and she sees an an image of Boone out the window, then disappears. So mm. she's also hallucinating slightly. She's in deep mourning and she's just wishing he was there.
1: Yeah, or is it a vision? Or, or is, she is it a vision
0: remembering him? Who knows? Who knows? And then she goes off to Midian to see if she can work out why Boone went there. Yeah. When she's at the bar with Cheryl, Cheryl Anne, they also have an extra little moment now in the director's cut. Another little bit of. Dialogue about men. Huh. So after the bit in the bathroom where they meet, yep. there's the scene where they actually show them having a drink together that night and uh, and then it ends with Cheryl being bought a drink by an unseen person who turns out it's it's Curtis, but we haven't seen him yet. So that... <laughs> oh, spoilers. <laughs> So uh, we're not going to go through every single tiny little change because there are quite a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And if you want to actually read them, if you go to a website called movie-censorship.com, which is brilliant, I really, really like it. It goes through lots of different versions of different films. You can find the Nightbreed discussion there and it goes through in graphic detail (laughs) every single little tiny change. And it's a really good read. But one of the biggest changes that comes now is Lylesburg turns up. And of course, as we know... It's Mr Doug Bradley doing yeah. his voice. Yes. Which is really nice to see. So he's um, back to his original voice. Mm-hmm. Rather than the German voiceover man mm-hmm. I had before.
1: Yep. And that works really well. Obviously we know Doug Bradley's a great actor mm. and he just brings a huge gravitas his
0: voice. Yeah. As well. So they brought him just to remind you, they brought him back in to redub these lines fairly recently, the last couple of years, for the cabal cut. So these aren't the lines that were recorded back in the late 80s. These are lines that, you know, were recorded a couple of years ago. Mm. Which actually makes sense because he's much nearer the age of Larsberg now than he (laughs) was, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, Not 30 years ago. Not that long ago, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Nearly. 25. So speaking of Midian, there are some moments during the film where there are extra shots of residents of Midian. Monsters. 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 So these were uh, taken out originally at the studio's behest, who didn't want the film to be focusing on the monsters. (laughs) Yeah, nice one. That's a good decision. (laughs) So this one has more monsters, more creatures, including a wonderful stop motion cheetah woman riding a big monster (laughs) when (laughs) Laurie turns up and is looking around. But lots of little moments throughout the film there are different monsters and different members of the night breed so it's fun to you know play spot the new monster I I think it really
1: now achieves what he what Kai Barker set out to do, where he, he wanted a whole city of monsters mm. and loads of different designs, loads of different creatures. Yeah, originally, you just
0: see the same few over and over again. Yeah, and it makes it look like they, you know, they spent all this money on them, and they're really uh, interestingly designed. The thing is, we mentioned on our first Nightbreed podcast that they spent all this money on these creatures, and they're only shown for a few seconds. But now we know there were even there were twice as many monsters created <laughs> yeah. than were yeah. even seen in that film. Yeah. So it seems like such a waste of money. I think the studio would at least think we spent all this money, let's have them in the film. But and they, they, didn't. they all
1: look really good, I think. Yeah. Um, some of them are very obviously just a very small adjustment to someone's face, mm-hmm. or they're, so, they're so, literally makeup, as in like yeah. colours or something like yeah. that. Um, but they all look fantastic.
0: Yeah. They look great. Mm -hmm. They're really interesting. So talking about this bit where Laurie is wandering around Midian trying to find Boone, there's a really nice moment where just after she's woken up and had a chat with Rachel, she wanders down some steps and comes across Lilesburg and he basically says, you can't go any further. And she says, well, you can't stop me and I'm going to go and find him. Yeah. And she says she's going to go and see Baphomet. And and he lets her go because obviously he's not going to force her to stop. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a nice sort of character moment because she's pretty strong at that point. She's not a weak willed lady, Mm. which she sometimes come across as in the original version. She's like, no, this is what I'm going to do. Get out of my way. Yes. And that's really nice for the character. Yeah, I think so. She's much stronger in this version. Yep. Then there's some more new stuff with the Sheer Neck Police Department. (laughs) There is a a press conference, which isn't in the original version, Mm -hmm. that the um, Eigerman, the chief, is holding with a group of press. And that's when he finds out that Boone was shot. A few days before, and it's the same Boone. Gets very cross and storms into Decker, and he's very cross with him. Mm. Whereas originally, you just see a shot of him saying, "I've got a press conference. I'm going to do that now." And then, in a bit, all of a sudden, he bursts in, and he's very cross with Decker. Yeah, <laughs> so it makes that makes a bit more sense now. Yeah, it made sense before. They made it work. He just he was told off screen, and it was almost like he was bursting because the doctor had said he was dead. Yeah, in this version, he bursts in because he's just been embarrassed in front of a press conference and also the Doctor said that Boom was dead. Yes. And it works really well for this character because this is someone who... He's a bit of a prick. He's got quite a bit... <laughs> temper issues as well. And he's just been embarrassed in front of loads of press people. Yeah. And that Can't makes that. him really angry. I don't have that. No. So he is very cross with Dekka and that's part of what makes him want to go and destroy everyone. Yeah. So I like that moment. That's a nice moment to add to his... You know, insanity.
1: Yeah, and we we did say this with the cabal cut, but all, all the sort of stuff they put in with the police department now really—I mean, they're nuts. Yeah, like it's yeah, full yeah. on. There's a lot more. Know, there's no subtlety. It's it's real. Which we can talk. Let's talk about that now crazy. as well, because
0: there's there's the scene in in a bit where the police are rallying together to go to Midian. Yeah. And there's the scene they put back in with one of the characters going through all the weapons they yeah. can use. Yeah. And it's quite an amusing scene. It's a little funny moment. Yeah. But there's a bit where he gets out of grot and <laughs> he sort of twangs it on his lip and gives a little oh, face yeah. as if he's yeah, getting he's off getting on, getting on off it. getting off on it. And this is like a comic relief character.
1: Y- yeah, it's, v- it's very full on. It's very much like gun porn mm-hmm. and violence. and yeah. yeah, we love it. We love it. We're really stupid and we just want to destroy anything that's different to us. Yeah, uh, type feel
0: which you did get originally, but now it's more.
1: Well, now there's just no way been... you could take it seriously. Do you know no. what I mean? It's 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 gone to that extreme cartoon.
0: It is cartoon. It is
1: a Paul bit... Verhoeven. It is slightly silly, level. but
0: you still do take it very seriously when they start blowing everyone away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that it it transcends into this cartoonish realm but yeah when they yeah. start when they start murdering everyone and they're just literally just shooting everybody yeah it, it makes the point and you're like whoa this is really mm-hmm. you know this is insane is the it best is. word to describe it
0: yeah talking about the police there's a scene that we've skipped over where Eigerman sends some policemen to go and have a look around Midian and this is where they find Simon Bamford's character of drag him into the open and he blows up no, oh, Which is a lovely... I think it's really sad, that bit. It is very like sad. It's very well yeah, done. Because he's sad. just this nice little cheeky, smiley guy you've met before and he's always nice.
1: Although I, I realised today that when his character blows up, it, it should then cut to his little dog and his little dog should blow up as well. Because <laughs> his little boggly eyes, it would have been really yeah. good. Yeah. You know, I'm just telling him. That would worry. have been lovely. I'm just saying. You're right.
0: <laughs> um, but the leader of these policemen... The character Patine, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what his name is, what he's called. Um, He is. Now, we didn't mention this on the Cabal Cut podcast, I don't think, but we did notice it at the time. Yes. We're convinced, and it is, it, it is definitely. Yeah. He is the guy that does the voice of Frank in Hellraiser.
1: Yeah.
0: It's definitely him.
1: You can hear it so clearly and
0: when you go back and list, watch the original version there, is a, there are a couple of lines that you can do in, tell in that one but in this one there's a, slightly more lines of his and you can really tell it's him yeah for example, here's a clip there's people down there I can feel it why don't we shoot them in their graves save us digging new ones I don't know
1: maybe we're just all spooked hell and want to live in a graveyard. what do you say inspector?
0: Let's just call it a day. Head for home! Now that is him. That's Frank. I would say so. Yeah. But I think
1: it's weird that I've never seen that mentioned. Well, the the
0: actor's name is Bob Sessions. He is a voice actor. He's done a lot of voice work. But if you Google Bob Sessions, Hellraiser, Bob Sessions, Frank, nothing comes up that I can see. So, so maybe we're hallucinating. Maybe. Or this is a scoop. This is it. <laughs> and we're the only people that have realised. Which obviously isn't true. I'm sure other people have realised. Well, the people who are involved in making the film, probably. But that's important, because now we know the actor who did the voice of Frank, which is a really big part of the character. Yes. Of
1: Frank in Hellraiser. With such a distinctive voice and performance.
0: Yeah. You've got Sean Chapman playing the alive Frank with Bob Sessions' voice. And then you've got Oliver Smith Playing Frank the Monster also mm. with Bob Sessions' voice. Mm. So now when we talk about Frank, we can talk about the three actors that played him. Yeah. Rather than just the two. Yeah. So I'm glad we've come to that decision. So, yeah, write into us. Yeah. And say if, if you, you already knew that. If you knew that, if you were like, yeah, that's been on this forum <laughs> yeah. wherever, somewhere for that's ages. It's been on Bob Sessions' forum. For yeah. Years. BobSessions.com. The Bob Sessions. <laughs> There's people down there. I can feel it. Although it is lovely that Clive, you know, got the guy who was unseen in his first film, but played a huge part of it. Yeah. To come and be a part in his next film. Yeah. Which is the case of a lot of these actors who were in Hellraiser. Yep. There's a few Hellraiser moments in this film that you can see sort of I not know if they're homages or not, but there's a scene that is cut out when the police all arrive at Midian. And Ashbury starts to say to Eigerman that you shouldn't be doing this, it's bad. Eigerman calls him Pinhead. He says, you Pinhead in it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: I never even thought that.
0: Yeah. And that's a new bit that wasn't in the original version, but um, <laughs> I think that's... I what... never thought so that. Any, I'm not saying that was done because of Hellraiser, but it could have been. And then the character who shows them all the weapons and is the weapon expert called Kane, He he's in the original version as well. He's the guy that gets... Or the spikes in his face yes, from Shunasasi. Yes, quills. Which is also, the quill face is reminiscent of Pinhead as well. Oh. I, I always thought. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not saying that was a reference. I'm not saying he was referencing himself. Mm. But that reminds me of him. Yep. Uh, these were in the Cabal cut, I think, but there's a few
1: skinned monsters you can see here and there. There's a few sort of mm. uh, bits and pieces that look quite he- Hellraiser, yeah. Cenobite-y mm. around the place.
0: Yeah. There's a lot more of the the police getting ready to blow everyone up, and we'll talk about Ashbury in a minute because that's a whole different section because a lot more of his character in it. But there, there is as we said, there's a lot more of the police being pricks, and this guy Kane setting things up, and then we get to the big destruction times. Yeah, which is big. Yeah, it's big. It feels bigger. It feels more destructive and more violent. Much vi- more violent. Mm. Much longer. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about moments now. You've got Boone, the character of Boone. There's a few changes here. First of all, he goes to see Baphomet much earlier than in the original version. Yes. He basically turns up, talks, he gets told about Baphomet and goes to see him straight away Mm -hmm. when he finds out about him. Whereas in the the original version, it happened much later, happens just before Laurie comes and finds him. So in this version, it's like he's been with Baphomet a long time by the time Laurie gets there and discovers him there. Yeah. And also, there's a little moment between him and Lylesburg where he asks if Baphomet can be moved. And Lylesburg said, it can be done. And I think he's implying that, you know, it can be done in someone or, you know, taking his essence into someone else. And Baphomet, you know, then says, come and find me and all that sort of thing. That section where Lylesburg says it can be done isn't in the original version. Uh Uh-huh. That's just in this version, which is a nice little moment that leads up to what happens at the end. Yep. Also, there's much more of Boone rallying troops in Midian, getting them to fight. Yes, it make, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, he's rushing around. He grabs a coffin, pulls the lid off and rips it apart to, well, give him sticks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give him bits of wood to fight with. It's like literally anything. Just grab something. Come on, guys, we need to fight these bastards.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really clear that in this cut that um, yeah the the people of Midian are not fighters and they don't want they always want to be left alone. No, it's and it's
0: Boone that convinces and them. Boone
1: is, yeah. and you can see why he's the chosen one. You know, you, he's he's rallying everyone around and saying we've got to live, we've got to survive, let's
0: go. Yeah, definitely. And of course, it's Boone that that lets the berserkers go. Yes, when Larsberg gets killed, and then Larsberg's killer gets eaten by the. Manta Ray character, who I'm I'm slightly surprised they're left in, because the, the effects aren't amazing. Uh, no. um, But good for them, for leaving it It's in. just so weird though, <laughs> isn't it?
1: So such a trippy
0: little moment. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Oh, there's a line cut here, I don't know if you noticed. When the Berserkers get released, originally, when Boone gets himself out of the way, he then shouts, go get them boys! <sighs> That's gone now. They've oh. taken that out. I must have blocked that out. <laughs> <laughs> so Clive must have th- been thinking, mm, maybe we don't need that line.
1: <laughs> Go berserk. Go berserkers.
0: Berserk. <laughs> yeah. So that's gone. Uh huh. But the berserkers are still there. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, they're still there. Now let's talk about Ashbury, because he is very different in this version. Mm. First of all, he tries to stop, as we said already, he tries to stop the police going in and killing everyone. And it's slightly hinted in the original version, but here it's very explicit. He's saying, you should not be doing this. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because he's
1: he's going along with it. And in this version, there's no... He's not like a an alcoholic or whatever that was...
0: Well, they say, of... he, when they first meet him, they say he was a drunk. But, yeah. I mean, but but there's like, the bit yeah. that... Yeah, you're right. There's a shot of him in the car drinking from his hip flask. It's gone now.
1: Yeah. Um, which really sort of stuck in my mind I remember in the other version. Um
0: Yeah but- it's the scene where he's um Arguing says, Have you performed an exorcism and he says no and he says, Well you better start practicing. That's now gone. That's been cut completely. Yeah, so that's gone. Um so he's
1: kind of it looks in this version like he's really along to to do what he needs to do. You know, that he wants to Well get rid he has of been them. forced though from his cell. But he doesn't look like he's against it in my mind. No. And then the bit where he starts going When they get there and he starts going, wait a minute, we shouldn't be doing this. This is consecrated ground. Um, Seems a little bit out of place for me.
0: Yeah, maybe. But he's just sort of realised what they were doing. Maybe he didn't realise how or the extent it was going to be when they got there.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is, but that bit just doesn't quite. Okay. Correctly. Fair enough.
0: There is a nice moment there where he goes up to a dead person, puts his hands on him and says, you're with God now. Yes. In Midian. So he's, he's, you know. Well, it makes total sense. At this point, he's trying his best to be good still.
1: Yeah, it makes total sense. That's what I mean. It just, for some reason, for me, like he was kind of going along with it, even though he was being coerced, he just seemed more up for it. And then when he got there, he immediately Mm. went, oh no, wait a minute, this is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And something about it, the change just seemed a little off. Um, But then absolutely makes total sense from then on that he's fascinated by the Nightbreed and he needs to see their god Mm -hmm. and he needs to find
0: out the secrets which we're going to talk about now, because this is very different. In the original version, he's just wandering about not doing anything and then ends up somehow in Baphomet's chamber, mm. sees Baphomet, gets his fire water on him, gets burnt and then buggers off again. Yep. And that's it. That's all he does really in the original version. In this version, he is trying to stop them. He is blessing dead people. He finds Boone... And he says to Boone, You have to help, you have to show me what's happening. I'm going to come with you. And then he follows Boone to Baphomet's chamber. He's even there, he must be there for the whole fight with Decker, just watching, and then follows him on afterwards. And it's because of Boone going to see Baphomet that Ashbury turns up and he's there anyway. Mm. And in the original version, Ashbury's scene with Baphomet happens even before the Berserkers get released. Mm. Really early in this version, Boone sees Baphomet, Baphomet goes into him, whatever really happens there. Mm. Boone leaves, then Ashbury comes down, has his moment, gets burned, and that's the last thing Baphomet does before he explodes Midian yes that's a big difference, mm. definitely, yeah, so the character of Ashbury becomes a lot more important in this version, which yeah. is great yeah because that's that's how it should be reading the book he's a he was a big character for me when I read the book. Mm-hmm. And it's great for the actor as well. I keep thinking about all the actors who are watching this version going, oh, God, I got oh that wow. bet that back in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So another character, which is very different, is, of course, the character of Narcisse. In the original version, he's there right to the end. He's there at the very end after Midian has blown up and they're all gathering together in the barn. He's still there. And he says to Boone, you will find me. You'll need me and you'll find me. Mm. In this version, Decker's chasing Laurie... Narsis gets in the way to stop him. Then we don't know what happens until... Head on a knife. Yes. He's been killed. Decker's killed him. Chopped his head off. And as we mentioned in the Ark of Alcat episode, the scene with Decker and Boone fighting, originally, there was no threat, really, I didn't think, watching it, the mm. original version, because Boone's kind of immortal. Yeah. Whereas now, you've seen that Decker can kill a member of the Nightbreed. Yep. Yeah. He's killed at least one. Yeah. So there is much more of a threat now to Boone. Yeah. Yeah. Which we said before, but I was just saying that again. Yeah. Because it's true.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: Yeah. But that's, that's, and that's, uh, some people online have been complaining that Narcisse was killed. Yes. But it's, I think it's good. It's one of those moments where a character that you like has gone and anything can happen. Absolutely. So, but then the, the scene with Decker and Boone fighting is the same and that's, and Decker's death is the same. Yes. So now it leads us to the end, which is very different. Mm. So after Midian has exploded and they've all got out, mm-hmm. the original version, of course, it just went to the barn. They're all gathered there. Boone and Laurie were there with Narcisse and the remaining nightbreed. And he's basically saying, right, I'm going to start now and I'll come back and get you. Oh, when where can I find you? And that's it. Then it cuts to Burnt Ashbury walking around, finding Decker and resurrecting him using the blood of Baphomet. Decker coming to life, screaming, and Ashbury, Hallelujah, we're gonna go and kill them all. Yep. That's gone completely. Yep. So the new version, Midian explodes, and then we've got the scene with Boone and Laurie, where Laurie wants to be with him. He says, No, it can't happen because you're not like me. So she kills herself. He brings her back as a nightbreed mm-hmm. and they're together forever. Yep. Hooray. And then it cuts to Eigerman, burnt Eigerman finding burnt Ashbury. Yeah. Ashbury saying, Hey, I'm going to go and get them all. I've seen the garden. I've, he burned me. I'm going to burn them all. Yeah. Eigerman says, Hey, can I come? Yeah. And he says, no. And he kills him. Yes. Then the very last bit in the barn, but a different scene with the, the girl Babette talking to Rachel who was he? And then Kinsky. his name was Cabal. He's going to come when the winds change. Yeah. And then last shot of Boone and Laurie cut to the picture of Boone and Laurie from the prophecy. And that's the end. Mm. Now this bit, the voice of Rachel is different. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've noticed that really badly this time. Although this is something we haven't talked about yet. In the Cabal cut, I'm pretty sure they re-recorded all of Rachel's lines with the original actress. Yes. Um, I know there was some uproar online about it originally. And for some reason, they've decided to go with the original theatrical version, dubbed actress. Mm. So they've gone back to the that version. Mm-hmm. But this last scene, obviously they didn't have this voice. And she doesn't sound like her, I don't think. No, I don't she think so. She sounds younger, the voice is higher. Yeah. It's That's a shame. Sounds different. But it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's fine. And it's a nice, it's a really nice ending. Yeah. But of course, the whole ending is very different. So there's no Decker. Decker died. That's it. Gone. Yeah. Ashbury's on his own. He can sense them. He's going to go and kill them. Yeah. Leading on to the sequel. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a much bigger
1: ending, I think. Yeah. It's more epic in scope. And it leaves you really feeling
0: like oh, the next Nightbreed film will be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's the end of our discussion about the individual little tiny moments that have changed. There's a lot more, but we can't go through every single one and we're going to be here for two hours and it'll be really boring. <laughs> but there are little moments that, that are changed, little shots that have changed, little shots that are different, al- alternate takes of shots. There is something that was in the Cabalcar that isn't here, this is what I mentioned at the very beginning of the S episode, that I was very disappointed that isn't in this version. Uh-huh. And that is the stuff with Decker talking to his mask. Yes. So Decker and the mask, button face, the mask, having the conversation between the two of them. Yeah. And I remember watching that in Leicester Square, thinking, this is brilliant. Yeah. And being very impressed with David Cronenberg, first of all. Yeah. His acting was very good. And watching this version, I was a bit like, no. oh, where's that? So that's, that's the what I was talking about earlier on about how having seen the cabal cut has slightly tainted my enjoyment of this.
1: Yeah. Whereas it's now interesting.
0: I, yeah, now I know what is in this one. I'll watch it in the future and really enjoy it and know what's happening. And hopefully on the Blu-ray, which of course you can tell us about because we can't watch it yet. <laughs> mm. So please someone let us know. There is some deleted scenes in the Blu-ray and I really hope that's there.
1: Yeah.
0: I really hope that is somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I did read an interview online of, with clive barker saying the reason that's gone is first of all he wasn't 100 percent sure about the the takes used the the voice the right. performance of cronenberg right which i disagree with i thought was brilliant okay um he said there weren't they didn't do many takes of that of that dialogue and also he thought it, it sort of came out of nowhere it wasn't built up they didn't build up to it it just was a bit weird right but if you watch the film, there's a lot of things in the film that there's no build-up for, Certainly. and that are really weird. Yeah, and I, I personally don't think that would have been out of place. And I think it's a shame that's not there. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyone who has nice who didn't see the Cabal cut doesn't care. And that's good. Yeah. That's fine. But I really hope that it is there as a deleted scene, so can someone let us know, please, before mm. because we can't watch it yet. Yeah, <laughs> Interesting. So in general, what we're saying is, this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> and great. you should all see it. Absolutely great. Um
1: yeah, like um I'm as I said before, I think that maybe there is still things you could cut out of it if you were going to make it a film that was an absolute perfect version for me, I think there's some trimming that could still be done. Mm-hmm. But as a the director's but, cut version
0: of it, I I love yeah. it. But a perfect version for you isn't a perfect version for someone else. Absolutely. And it's all subjective, so at the end of the day you have to accept Absolutely. this is what the director... Well, this so for is, example, there's this a line is Clive I think he version. should have taken out. <laughs> Looks like the millennium just ended. Uh, which is obviously
1: a bit dated now. Um and, things like that. You know, the woman weirdly picking up a donut off the floor. Oh god. You that's the de- that's still in there in its entirety. And I just don't think that
0: needs to be in there no. at all. Um That's a That's silly. (laughs) I totally don't like that little moment there Um, with her being like, oh, gross me out and all that stuff.
1: So, yeah, there's, you know, there's things Mm. that like my personal preference, I I think you could just trim out a few little bits and pieces here and there. Mm -hmm. But as this existing as the director's cut version, it's so nice to see it all together like this. And it's definitely
0: the best version. Yeah, I agree. And with the Blu-ray, you can get both versions on Blu-ray. So you can get that. Pick and choose which one you want to watch. Yeah. If you're in America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's nice that they, you know, they have both versions out there. Mm. And I do hope all those deleted scenes are the bits we saw in the Cabal Cut that, are, that were taken out and are still there. Yeah. Because there's also a scene that has been talked about in fandom, a sex scene between Pellequin and Shuna Yeah. Oh. That's never seen The Light of Day as far as I'm concerned. I've not seen it. It wasn't in the Cabal Cut. You've looked for it. I've looked everywhere. Yeah. I haven't really It's probably online somewhere Yeah But that might be One of these deleted scenes That'd yeah. be nice Yeah <laughs> Nice to see that <laughs> I'll have to do an update When we actually get this <laughs> yeah, Blu-ray I know. Ray. And yet another Nightbreed <laughs> <laughs> Podcast Yeah um, No I think this might be Our last podcast About Nightbreed Unless Clive Parker
1: Takes my comments on board Yeah And cuts Releases out Releases the film version A couple of minutes of it Yeah <laughs> For the final version
0: So there we have it. That's our discussion about Nightbreed, the director's cut. Uh, Two thumbs up. Yeah, long time coming. Really happy it's out there. Yeah. Really happy they've done it. 25, 24 years after the film originally came out, we now have the version Clive wanted us to see in the first place.
1: I think from an artistic perspective, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really happy for Clive that he got his version out there. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it must be horrible to really put all your effort and soul into a project and then have it kind of chopped to bits I agree kind of think oh this is not the version I wanted
0: and a huge well done to all those who helped get this made because it wasn't done by Clive or by the studio it was done by other people getting involved and yeah. wanting to see it so huge well done to Mark Miller and Russell Charrington and the guys no at no Occupy one. Midian yeah it's amazing that this is this exists yeah it exists because people wanted to see it
1: yeah and what's great is that the people spoke and the studio went oh okay Mm. Right. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Because obviously they haven't had much love for this film <laughs> since, no, the, and it's since just, it was it's made. It's very
0: odd because the guys at Morgan Creek were like, oh, we've got some film footage. And they were like, oh, actually, we haven't. No, we couldn't find it. And then, no, we've got nothing. Mm. And they like, said, oh, okay, fine. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so odd that it's like they've been desperately trying to not let this happen. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But now it has. So well done, all involved. Yeah. Good work. Anyway, talking about our next podcast, which we're going to go back to the world of Hellraiser, we're going to finish off our discussions about the book Hellbound Hearts. So we're going to do the final seven stories in the book of short stories Hellbound Hearts. And we promise that there won't be as big a gap between the last one and this one and this one and the next one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Promise. Promise. And thank you to those people who have reached out to us and asked for us to do another podcast because, yeah. hey, that's very motivating. Thank you very much, guys. Very we're, motivating. We're sorry that
0: it hasn't come until now. But, yeah, yeah yes, it's no. great to know that we're still
1: wanted. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really, really lovely for us to hear when people like our stuff yeah. and do listen to us. So if you ever want to drop us a tweet or... Yeah, at HellraiserCast.
0: got a Facebook page.
1: Or email us.
0: HellraiserPodcast um, at hotmail.co.uk. It's always lovely to hear people saying that they enjoy the podcast. Yeah. Jump on board. Yeah. Well, in that case, thank you, Phil. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you very soon. You take care now. Bye. Bye. You'll come back now.